Our latest episode of Soundtracking in association with The White Company marks the first appearance of a man I've long admired. Steve McQueen is a British writer, director and producer who had critical big screen success with Hunger and Shame before scooping an Academy Award for 12 Years a Slave. His latest project is the ensemble heist thriller Widows, based on the 1983 ITV series of the same name. The plot follows a group of women who attempt a heist in order to pay back a crime boss after their ne'er-do-well husbands are killed on a bot's job. It's scored by Hans Zimmer and also features a sumptuous Nina Simone track and brand new material from Shadi, of which plenty more shortly. Before that, a reminder, as if anyone needed, that Christmas is beginning to loom large with shopping time diminishing by the minute. Well, let our friends at the White Company make that thought slightly less stressful. Now, there are many people in my family that are very easy to buy for, some not so much. I love the idea of having somewhere I can buy gifts for everyone. And the White Company is just such a place. PJs for my dad, gorgeous pampering products for my mum, lovely books and soft toys for my nieces. You might prefer gift boxes for friends or a gift card or e-card for colleagues. It's all available from the White Company. The other great thing is their premium gift box service, which means none of that dreaded Christmas Eve wrapping. You'll then get to spend more quality time with friends and family. What's not to love about that? Find out more about why they are the gifting destination at thewhitecompany.com or pop into one of their stores. Now, if the clock's ticking when it comes to Christmas, then so too is it in the context of Hans's score for Widows. For while Steve needed certain cues to reflect the emotional scope of the narrative, the narrative also required some good old-fashioned tension builders, as demonstrated by this one called We Have a Job to Do. Pleasure to welcome you to Soundtrack and thank you for being here, first of all. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Um, let's start with Widows mm-hmm. um, because uh, it's, I think it's a really powerful and important film, mm-hmm. particularly now. And it's wonderful that it's a film that resonated with you as a 13-year-old mm-hmm. young boy in London and has been a journey that you've had it in your head and, and finally you get to unleash this incredible, incredible story on, on the world. When it came to music with, with this film, obviously with the original, Stanley Myers uh, composing the original mm-hmm. music, for, and there's a lovely connection as well yes, with, with yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And he was a T-boy mm-hmm. for Stanley. Yes. Uh, 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 his words, I'm not kind of... Hans Zimmer was a T-boy for the original <laughs> soundtrack of Widows in maybe 1983. He was wow. a T-boy for the original composer, yes. That's amazing. Right. What a lovely kind of, you know, circle of, mm-hmm. of life, not to quote another one of his songs. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> When did you start thinking about music and its place within this story? Well, as it's a heist picture, there is that sort of tradition. I mean, if you think of things like, um, you know, there's thrillers of like um, the Steve McQueen movie. Uh, was it? Was it? The, the, get, the, the Getaway. Yeah. Bullet. Yes, yeah. you could say all those things. I think obviously I think of, I think of Quincy Jones and whatnot. Yeah. There's a certain sense of pace and a certain sense, sense of um, anticipation and. and uh, 
the clock is ticking as such. Yeah. And Hans, obviously, I worked with Hans since 12 years. Yeah. I was a big admirer of him, obviously, before. I just thought Hans would be amazing. So there's other aspects of what's happening in it. It's just not. It's not just a sort of action picture. Far from mm. it. It's, it's, it's a hugely emotional and dramatic picture. Yeah. I think Hans. Funny enough, you know what I said. I asked Hans, "Are you in love?" And he I said, love that question. He said to me, "Yes." He had just falling in love, and I said, "Okay, you're ready." <laughs> because there was, <laughs> there, no, there was a song in the in, in the in the um, in the film. I think it's called Marcus, mm -hmm. um, and I just needed him. I, it's kind of funny. Hans is must be the most sensitive uh, man, one of the most sensitive man I, I know. I mm -hmm. mean, of course, as a musician, you have to be. Mm -hmm. But he has a certain kind of quality where he's very generous. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that, I don't know, it sounds corny to say that, but um, I just wanted to him to sort of go a little bit sort of under the surface. And uh, I was very happy where he was in his, in his world right then to make that music. I had the absolute pleasure of meeting Hans for the yeah. first time at the premiere and then the following Monday I did a lovely event with him in Bristol where he talked about his work. I mean it was a very kind of skim in the surface we had an hour. Mm. He is incredible. What an amazing man he is. I was completely blown away by his enthusiasm and it's infectious and Isn't just cool? a genuine yeah. lovely man. I mean again I feel so like, I feel with respect to all Americans and I love you guys. There's not no disrespect. In this case I'm saying he's incredible but it really is incredible. Oh. I, I, I'm not throwing it out like that. And I, and I, you know, I mean I'm also I, I'm jealous of Americans because they're so enthusiastic and <laughs> fantastic for them and I want to be more enthusiastic. I want to smile more. <laughs> I've, I've noticed I wanted to smile more. I have to practice. <laughs> but the muscle is a beautiful smile. I know, but, hey, it hurts your cheeks well, after a while. Our Brits, we just like you know, we have to, you know what I mean. It's, just, it's like we're going to try and smile more. So thank you. Okay. No, the thing about Hans is that for someone that sort of recognised and what he's done, he's still like a five-year-old kid. Exactly. And he doesn't care who you are, where you're from, whatever. He's not that interested in that kind of hierarchy. He's one of the most interested and interesting people I know. Mm. And there's only a few, there's a few people I've met like that. They're like kids, and they never grow old. So I'm just so fascinated in someone like that who has so much recognition and, and you know, all that kind of stuff, but he's still bouncing up and down the walls. <laughs> um, I don't know 
I think music does that. Music must do yeah. that to you. Well, here's a really interesting fact oh. for you. Music is the only thing that connects both sides of your brain. So if you uh. work with music and you did a kind of cross-section of your brain, you would be able to see that there was a connection between mm. the, the vessels in your brain more mm. so than if you were a director or a writer and stuff. So I think he has a just a constant flow of, of music almost, kind of, you know, like this beautiful, wonderful, wild scientist almost. It must be that, you're quite right. And also it must be because it's so collaborative. Yeah. It's all about how you communicate with people or with your sound. Mm -hmm. It's just that collaborative thing, which yeah. is just uh, us. It's us, it's not me. It's us. Yeah. It's beautiful. No, it's gorgeous. It's um, yeah, we, not me. Yeah, the sound around the heist as well, and the, it kind of feels quite tribal as well in terms of the way that Hans has scored that, you know, the music as that as the heist has come, which is actually a really small part of the film. It's an incredible kind of lead up to it, and then it's kind of not over kind of thing, but but it's that it's that kind of crescendo almost mm. of of everything, and sure. the music I think really kind of resonates that as well. Amazing kind of delicacies around before this kind of heist, where that you know you mentioned the chicken, yeah. and that's kind of obviously part of it. But there's one particular scene that I just has really stuck with me, and I think it's so powerful within the film is is when Colin's character Jack is in the is, leaves his house yes. and gets in the car, and it's this you never really you never see him really you can you know it's it's not the focus is not on him no. the focus is on this journey between these two these two worlds and everything in between it really mm -hmm. as to where he starts and where he ends up and it's such a powerful kind of long shot and with that specifically when you're thinking about the sound of that scene because obviously you hear them talk and what you wanted to put around that and if it was easy to determine whether you just left that clean or whether you thought it needed something or when you think about specifics like that. I love that description. You said these two worlds and everything in between them is, I think, brilliant. Thank brilliant. you. Uh, um, yeah, um, and that's interesting. These two worlds, I think, in between them is the journeys from going from A to B. And a large part of this picture doesn't have music. Yeah. It really kicks in into the really last third. And I just wanted to sort of I mean, for me, it's just like this conversation. It's like, I grew up, and I imagine you did on great radio. Of course, you grew up on great radio because you're a wonderful announcer, whatever <laughs> they call them, presenter. And it's just about being present and, and actually it's, it's sort of focusing your listening. Yeah. And familiar sounds and things which come out of people's mouths. So in this, okay, I'll just describe what I'm talking about very abstractly, but I'll just now be very sort of uh, direct. What it is, is, is Jack Mulligan, played by Colin Farrell, uh, is talking to his secretary, called Siobhan, in the car. Basically, it's like the things which are, which are said behind closed doors, rather than the things which are said in public. Mm. We all sort of had a bit of that in, in our lives, as far as what we're aware of, and so much of what we're not aware of. But as they're, as they're moving through, from where they got in, to where they're getting, getting off, we're not seeing them at all, we're outside of the car, but we're seeing the landscape yeah. of change happening outside of the car meaning that we go from a very disheveled 
impoverished uh, area, predominantly populated by black Americans, mm. and we move into a much more sort of suburban, leafy area, predominantly more by white middle class people. So it's, you know, it's kind of crazy, or upper middle class, whatever you want to call it, but it's kind of interesting to see that actual journey, which only takes two and a half minutes. Chicago is weird in the sense of geography. Did you think about the sounds of Chicago, obviously, because repositioning the story from the Linda LaPlante original set in London to Chicago, and did you think about the sounds of Chicago and how that would feature within kind of narrative and, and the score or, or within contemporary tracks that you chose? Yes, because in, in Chicago there's a lot of, I mean, there's a hell of a lot of churches in Chicago. I know it sounds corny if we say church bells, but I mean, you go to Chicago, I mean, there's, there's Baptist churches, there's Ukrainian churches, there's Irish Catholic churches, there's Polish Catholic churches. I think that's got to be the most densely populated area of churches in, in, you know, in, in America. <laughs> and it's also everyone's separate. It's, 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 it's sort of, everyone, it's very segregated, mm. the, the, the city. And of course, the cars, the children. Of course, sounds also that we're familiar with. It, it's, there are sounds which are so universal, but you don't even you don't even notice it. But they're there to sort of build that sort of soundtrack. Yeah, it's like music. It is like music because, of course, there's two people having this sort of duet or such in the car. But the, the, the little fills, little pieces within that soundtrack, within which, which accompany them on that journey, sort of you know allow us to sort of. Um, how can I say, just be, be suspended in reality. Yeah. So it's very, it's, it's very, 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 very Im, Im, important. And an amazing sound designer who was just, was just genius. James um, Cassidy? James Cassidy. And the Sundance Kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, James, thank you so much. It's it amazing. Can we talk a little bit about the contemporary tracks or needle drops as they get referred yeah, to? It's a yeah. Nina Simone track in there. Yeah, oh my God. Oh. Gorgeous. Is that an easy thing for you to decide upon? Are those personal choices? Are they? Yeah, you talk very about personal them? choices. So, Nina Simone track. Wild as the wind. Yeah, wild as the wind. Um, I first heard that as a Bowie track. In fact, I heard, I heard the Bowie version first. Yeah. And I loved it because when he says "go," you feel the coldness. You know, you know that kind of autumn day where you and you can blow out the smoke in it. <laughs> you feel it in your teeth. It's, it's gorgeous how we sort of enunciate. I say, oh, yeah, just, yeah. it's not that, but it's another word. I can't yeah. remember what it was. But how he t- it comes out of his mouth, and you feel the cold. Yeah. And it's that kind of, you, f- you know, what's how gorgeous that you can feel the sensitivity of the, the sensation when people are singing. So I didn't actually know that the Nina Simone version. Then I heard Nina Simone version. I thought, oh my goodness gracious, <laughs> so gorgeous! And that piano play. I mean, she, a lot of people talk about her singing, mm-hmm. but her piano playing is absolutely up there. I yeah, mean, it's absolutely incredible. So the emotion of that, yeah, it's, and, the, and loss, and it's just. I mean, hey, you know, 
Mm. Like I tell you, it, uh, please listen to this song after you've listened to this podcast. It's, it's, it's incredible. We talk about Shadi. Oh yes, <laughs> and the big unknown. Mm. How did this come about? Well, I called her. I said, "Look, I think, yeah, all right, Shadi, dear mate." <laughs> like Shadi, Steve, <laughs> how <you laughs> Not knowing you at all. There's that smile again. Called. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I got in contact with Shadi, and I was interested in her sort of doing uh, a, a song for, for the movie. Luckily, she knew the series very well. And she had some attachment to the series, um, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, we got together. I mean, it was very dirty. again. She, you know, she's not. She doesn't come out often. Yeah, eight years since she released some. Yeah, album. she's very. Yeah, she's very. She's a great old garbo of pop. I call her. She is really like that. Um, Thanks for getting her out. Yeah, and then <laughs> she was engaged with the piece from day one. We talked a lot about what I was interested in yeah. and what she, you know, what she wanted, what she was thinking about. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot. Took up two phone calls, and then we met in person. And we spoke, we spoke, 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 spoke. We spoke a lot. And then it was, the worst. It was like actually working with an actress. It really was. Yeah. Um, and she get it, but she feel it. You know, she has to feel it. It's almost like it takes a long time for her to do anything. I mean, it reminds me of my friend, uh, of, 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 of artist friend of mine. He was said um, his name's called David Hammonds, and he said to me, "I don't shit on command." So. <laughs> So, you know, it happens when it happens. <laughs> so, of course, um, you know, so that's what, that, there's this timing thing. Yeah. And when she came to London the, the second time, of, of, she started telling me these lyrics, just speaking these lyrics. And I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. And slowly she sort of did a, demo, a little bit of a demo, sent me and, and a little bit more, and things changed a little bit. And then I went to a house ahead of the final track, and it was absolutely amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. Out there in the country somewhere, and it was just absolutely amazing. Again, for her to give anything to anyone to, uh, at any time, it means she gives a lot. She, mm-hmm. it's, for her, it's 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 like you know, it's like a small face. It's all or nothing, and it's that it's that blah, it's on the track. And I think it's one of I think it's um, well, I might even think I don't. It's just one of the, one of the, one of the most amazing songs. Mm-hmm. 
um, that she's ever done, absolutely, but also in recent sort of, I just think it's, it's heavy. Yeah. And beautiful and gorgeous and hopeful and, yeah. It's just so dark. great to hear her. Yeah. It's so great to hear her. No, I won't surrender to this heart, heart tonight. Though I know the sun's gonna bring the palest of light. And all that remains is everything that's gone. This life is mine, so A wonderful opportunity, in fact, he appeared on the podcast with Nicholas Bratel, who worked with you guys on, on 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. And, uh, and he talked about how wonderfully collaborative you were on, on working with him when he uh, was involved in, in writing the, the performance elements within yeah. 12 Years a Slave. And yeah, I, yeah, I gave Nicky his first break. <laughs> I did. I just thought, well, let's, let's do it, give him a chance. Amazing. Because someone gave me a chance. I said, okay, he hadn't written, written a score before or anything. Yeah, and he was—he was, um, uh, was introduced to me. Um, I thought, oh, my friend is and that um, by one of the producers of Twelve Years a Slave, and I thought, oh, um, okay, let him do the soundtrack. Let's do it. Yeah. That was weird. And then well, we did part of it, and then that's when Hans came on board to to, to do it because Nick did, did, did the spirituals. Yeah. And Hans did the, the actual score. Yeah. But he ended up, and he did it all in his bedroom. Wow. With all these sort of. People from Lincoln Centre who lived around the corner from the company's bedroom to record. All that stuff, all that Incredible. sort of um, Jordan roll, all that stuff was on his bedroom. Went down to the River Jordan, where John baptized three. Where I walked the devil in hell, said Johnny baptized me. I say, roll, Jordan, roll. Oh, now I'm roll, Jordan, roll. My soul When you have something like that, where you have different, you know, you have this music within the narrative that's part of the story, and then, mm. and then Hans doing the score, but making sure there's a marriage between those two musical worlds is that I guess that's encouraging Han and Nicholas to have a communication as well and talk about those. Yeah, things Yeah, it definitely. I think so. But also, but also, you're, you're, the whole idea of these spirituals, the whole of these. I mean, was, we got a lot of the research. Was done myself and Nick because I had this Alan Lomax tapes. I love Alan Lomax and his, mm -hmm. his brother went to these field recordings. So a lot of that stuff, like I found from from just doing research, yeah. Well, John Roll and 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 and, and the, the, there's a song that Paul Dano sort of sings about the, the, the Petty Roller, which is kind of incredible. So it was just one of those things where it, it, it fitted seamlessly because it was of those times, yeah. and the score was of course doing another thing but complementing that at the same time. Yeah.
does it work with Han then? Do you do you send him a script? Do you is that when he starts to kind of think about his uh, no, his I think, musicality? I think I tell him the story. I don't, I don't think I've ever sent him a script. I've ever sent him a script. I can't remember. But I tell him the story for sure. He says he's in. Thank God. <laughs> and then I show him the film, and then he's he, then we, we talk. He's, he, he thinks he. That's it. So it's it's. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever sent him a script. He has an amazing immediate connection with things, doesn't he? It's almost. No. He's a great storyteller. I think that's the, that's the key to everything. I was watching a um, press conference you guys did from Toronto, where mm. he he said this great thing about you, where he he said this the films almost have two scores because you are kind of almost very musically in terms of how mm. you film and edit the film before he's even kind of put any music on it, sort of thing. Do you think of yourself as being very musically and very? Yes, um, I love. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, as, I mean, you have to, but also. I love music, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> this sounds obvious. Um, yes, because it's, 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 you know when it's right and you know when it's wrong. Yeah. You know when it's wrong immediately. You know when it's right. So you obviously, even someone who says, oh, I'm musical, they're musical because you know when it's right, you know when it's wrong. And you have to get there. Um, and for example, we talked about the, the piece, Marcus, we talked about mm. how that had to be. And it was just wonderful to sort of have that sort of instinct that we sort of both had an understanding of uh, the feel of it. Mm -hmm. I went to start, when to stop, when to this, it's, it's kind of interesting. The cast in, in Widows is phenomenal. I mean, and, and those scenes as well with Robert Duvall and, and Colin are, they make you feel so uncomfortable, but they're so brilliant. They're just incredible. How do you create an environment with your actors and your crew to make them feel comfortable and at home to, I guess, to experiment and explore with their characters and with their performances? Well, it starts with like catering. <laughs> no, it does. Simple as. Well, the people oh, who I actually know. make the food. It starts with the hair and makeup, hair and wardrobe. It starts with the, the, the electricians. It starts with the whole damn crew. Mm -hmm. We are making a film together. It's our film. So once everyone is respected, everyone you know, knows each other, everyone is on an equal level. Mm -hmm. It's our movie. Yeah. It's about that. It's, and I, I've, I've heard stories about other sets and what people do. It's like, not on my set. It's mm -hmm. not working because we have to be. We're a team and we have to be a family. We're living together. People left their children behind to come and work on my movie. And, you know, it's a big thing. And yeah. it's about us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very much, and it sounds corny me saying that, but it's the truth. So, you know, we know each other, we work to each other. We, you know, so when you have that environment of sort of the harmonious, harmonious environment, mm -hmm. that people feel that they're allowed to be themselves within that environment, they're not sort of the, I never forget, I, told, I, I was, I was uh, my assistant, I just said that. Just had a laugh with her, and she took me seriously. Oh, see, I'll give you another cup. I said, Mate, what are you talking about? I never talked to you like that. What are you all about? I'm having a laugh. <laughs> so you know that what they used to. We could tell what people are used to, what kind of behaviour they used yeah. to. Yeah. So it's about that. It's about us. Mm -hmm. And um, once you have that environment, the actors are the actors are, are extremely sensitive beings. Mm -hmm. So they know when things are up. If they walk in the environment, they feel tension. They feel something. They 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 like 
thoroughbred racehorses, they get skittish. They, they, they really, they, they know what's, what's up. So when there's an environment where they feel it's safe, they feel there's a kind of a safe environment. Yeah. They feel free to sort of do what they need to do. Yeah. They go beyond what they need to do because it's in the same, oh, I'll try that again. Trust. And it's, yes, and it's the confidence and, and, and the love in the room and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the support. And it's just gorgeous. And then if, oh, they feel they, they could, then they could go for it, mm. whatever it is. I don't yeah. care. All they've all they got to do is stay within the harmony and the melody. So I, basically, there's a script and it's a harmony and a melody. If you go out of that, well, you go, you can, they give price, they can do anything they want, but they have to stay within the harmony and the melody of, 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 of the piece. I love that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to spoil any of the film for no. people as well by, by going into detail about anything as well because when I watched the film, it was, it was an incredible audible reaction from the audience. And I love being in a cinema when an audience mm. reacts like that, you know, kind of gasps and no's and all that kind of thing. It's so infectious. Yeah, it's, it's the energy is wonderful. And that's what we had with Widows. What's interesting, as a, another kind of soundtrack, the audience soundtrack, I mean, it's kind of incredible that everywhere we've shown this, Toronto, LA, Chicago, London, uh, we're doing New York. It's the same reaction at the same time. So it's, oh, I, I think we've clocked into something here. <laughs> yeah. um, and it re applause, it's kind of the whole shebang. Um, so it's kind of interesting to have that audience participation. And of course, I made this film for 200, 500, 1,000 people. I didn't make this movie for some guy or some woman sitting at home with a laptop, you no, know, popping it out to, to the fridge every five minutes. It's so, it's so, so gratifying to hear that audible um, great was the soundtrack um, mm -hmm. uh, podcast. Hear that audible um, appreciation and an audible sort of recognition of one another. That, 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 that sort of communal acknowledgement. Yeah. It's beautiful, isn't Wonderful. it? That communal, you know, again, it's gorgeous. Yeah, like you say, it's a communal thing, you know, mm. because it's, it's almost like a, it's just the resonation of it kind of in, yeah. the, in the auditorium as well as you're watching it. It's well, really physical. Often we do, <gasps> because we know the other person, <gasps> oh my, because <laughs> oh yeah, it's, 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 it's an audible recognition. Um, you know, it's cause Connection. It's, exactly, precisely. Yeah, Genius. I it's mean, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. On the way here today, I was listening to Shame soundtrack. Mm. Oh my God, that's a beautiful soundtrack. Mm. And I, I chatted to um, the wonderful Abby Morgan recently as well, who I absolutely Abby. adore. Abby, talk, talk to her about... Um, I love yeah. Abby. Yeah, I great. love her. She's, yeah, she's oh, amazing. But we were talking quite a lot about, we talked about Shame and about that experience. And a couple of things that came out of that conversation was A, that you're a good dancer. Okay. Which was I, I was like, great. There's another another star to his. Not smiling. <laughs> smiling now. Very clever way as well of the Glenn Gould oh, version. Yeah. Glenn Gould, my goodness gracious. Yeah. What was the kind of? Uh, I love it. The kind of decision making behind he, going down that. Glenn Gould playing Bach is like, it's like humanity in sound. It's like the unrecognizable but the familiar. Mm -hmm. It's like you know you, you don't know it but you know it. It's so. Close and personal, but then he, but at the same time, it's so sort of uh, unrecognizable. Hmm. It's nuts. So yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's it's like a, having a swap, turning a, a telescope and a, micro, a microscope. You know, spinning it around every time it's a telescope, it's a microscope, and a telescope, it's a microscope, and it just <laughs> um, you know it puts you in the context of the world. And that's why Brandon, for example, is living in this sort of um, high-rise building. I always thought, you know, what's weird about living in New York? Often, if you're living in a high-rise, which is a lot of people do in Manhattan, you're always putting yourself within the context of your immediate surroundings. It's almost like you are under a microscope, judging yourself by the world you're looking out on. Mm -hmm. Who am I in this, in this world? What am I in this world? Because of your perspective 
of your of where you are, you know, geographically in your apartment. You're always constantly, I, at least I was doing my nut in my apartment, <laughs> putting myself in the context of the world. Who am I? What am I within this geography of the of context of the world? Because I saw myself within this sort of metropolis all the time. It's weird what's happening. It's a, it was an inspired yeah. choice to do that, but that, it's just perfect. It really mm. is. talked about Katie's performance in, in the film of yeah. New York, New York, and how that kind of came out from a, a conversation you guys had when you were sat in the bar at the Standard, and, mm. and kind of, wouldn't it be great to have her perform New York, New York? And listening back to that track, there's so much in that performance, mm. in that one song about that character, that is revealed more than any other part of the film, I think. And even in the instrumentation of the intro to how mm. the song starts... I think it's an incredible character, almost analysis in that one thing. Yeah, I mean, when you hear, I mean, I remember listening to lyrics of New York, New York, because I thought, New York, New York. And I listened to lyrics, and these are the most silent lyrics ever. And then, of course, I thought it was a sta an actual standard written maybe in the 30s, 40s, whatever, you know, 50s. Actually, no, it was written for Scorsese's song, sorry, Martin Scorsese's film, New York, New York, with Robert Nero and Liza Minnelli in 78. It was, it was a brand new song. Sinatra took that song and then made it to into something, which was a standard, because the original is, is sung by Liza Minnelli. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Along into stray and step around the heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in the city that doesn't sleep to find I'm a king. Anyway, hearing the lyrics, it felt so bluesy, so so sort of wanting, yearning, rather than actual positive and, you know, yeah. razzmatazz. Um, and the thing about Carrie Mulligan's character is that this is the way she can communicate to her brother, yeah. played by Michael Fassbender, Brandon. And it's so pure. Music does things which us talking about things cannot do. Yeah. We're limited by our, our vocabulary, but music goes beyond and above that. And I wanted her to have that communication with Brandon. And he instantaneously 
responds to it in, 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 in an emotional way. He knows what she's talking about. The dog whistle has gone off in the room. He knows and she knows. Everyone else is on a different level, but they know what, what, what it's all about. Mm. And it's only been, it's only, it only could be done, I thought it could only be done through music because everything else in that picture, everyone's covering things up inside. Yes, it's, in some ways it's a cover up, but it's so loud and clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've run out of time. It's oh, no. so nice to chat to you. Oh, we need to chat again sometime because I haven't even talked about mm. Hunger and Neil Abrams, who just did my husband's new record, and David oh. Holmes as well. So next time, Steve, I hope. Is your husband a filmmaker? No, he's in a band. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, but really great to chat Sorry, to apologize. you. Sorry, apologise. No, I told you, Steve. It's great to meet you. Thank okay. you so much for your time, okay. bye and bye congratulations. Thank, thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Start spreading the I'm leaving today From Shame, that's Kerry Mulligan singing New York, New York, running off this latest episode of Soundtracking with writer-director Steve McQueen. My huge thanks to Steve for taking the time to talk to us. Widows is on general release around the world and is a really fabulous take on the heist genre. Now, before we go, we're really excited to announce our new partnership with legendary guitar makers Fender as we celebrate the launch of their Player Series, a brand new line of electric guitars and basses. This could be the perfect opportunity to take your guitar playing to the next level. The Player Series is a range that has the signature sound and classic look of the Fender, but with new technology, features and colours to handle any style of music. And the best news, you can win your choice of a Fender player, series guitar or bass just by being a soundtracking listener. All you've got to do is tell us your favourite piece of music in a film that features a guitar. Now it could be something as blatant and visual as the scene in Back to the Future in which Marty McFly takes to the stage to play Johnny Be Good. Or perhaps you prefer something a little bit more subtle like the use of guitars in John Powell's score for the Han Solo film. Look no further than Ron Howard's return to this show for inspiration on that front. Ultimately though, it's up to you. So get thinking and you could be the proud owner of a new guitar or bass from the Fender Player series. To enter, all you've got to do is simply email us your suggestions to fender at audioboom.com. That's fender at audioboom.com. And to find out more, head to fender.com, where you can also find all the terms and conditions. Fender Player series, often imitated, never duplicated. 
Next up on Soundtracking, we have Double Davids, producer David Heyman and director David Yates, who have both appeared on the podcast previously solo, but back as a duo to talk about the latest chapter in J.K. Rowling's Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Thank you. 